1: like rules but having some absolutes to live our lives by is usually a good thing on today's show we're offering you the 10 commandments of sound financial advice
0: this is the get ready for the future show
1: and welcome into another edition of the get ready for the future show coming to you on our live stream from our west little rock office my name is scott inman and to my right troy johnson good morning morning coming all the way up from bryant Oh yeah, Did you have a nice commute. It was a long road trip. It was a long road <laughs> trip. <laughs> yeah. it took you all of about fifteen minutes, right. probably. Yeah. And John Shrewsbury anchoring the other end over there. Yeah, holding down this end of the table. We put, we put Troy in the middle, and I told him that we were the hot corners. Right in baseball, you got that's third, right. third and first. So. We're going to count on you for the short Shortstops. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's got to protect up the middle. Yes. Protect up the middle. <laughs> that may get dangerous as we roll on here. Uh, once again, welcoming you into our new studio. If you haven't checked out our live stream recently, this is our, I believe, third week, if yeah. I recall, uh, debuting the new set here in what used to be the conference room of our West Little Rock office. But as uh, we uh, continue to grow and, and and make progress, we're having more space uh, allotted or allocated, I guess, to our uh, content uh, that we produce, which goes beyond, by the way, the Get Ready for the Future show. We've got the fastest four that we're actually recording in this room as well. It gives us a lot more options uh, with all of the set that uh, has uh, been created by our marketing team. So glad to have you along on our live stream if you're listening on podcasts. And once again, we're not on the radio this week. The Razorbacks have yet another 11 o'clock kickoff which will kick us off of uh, the radio channel people are going to be thirsting for the get ready for the future show by the time we actually get back yeah, on the radio the ratings will be off the channel you yes. know off the wall they'll be just
2: through the roof
1: yes but you can always find this if you don't have you know 11 30 on uh wednesdays is not necessarily the most convenient time for a lot of people right if they're working right. but they can always go back and get it later, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, you can go on YouTube to see the video, Mm -hmm. or you can actually catch the podcast. If you're a podcast person, you can catch the podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, We just try to make it available all time, you know, and, and actually, we're also going to be adding the Get Ready for the Future show to our website. Uh, the marketing department is working on some things there to make it very convenient for you at any time, 24-7, 365, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, man, I got to just hear that Scott Inman guy again. We <laughs> yeah. can we can uh, dial you up and, and have you locked in.
1: Well, take me back now 15 years ago when we when you started. I wasn't here, obviously. You and Janet started the Get Ready for the Future show. When you think about the focus, the 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 reason you started it, uh, I think that brings us back to the original reason today when we talk about these 10 commandments of sound financial advice.
2: It's really all about education. It's really all about helping you to understand the basics of money. You know, uh, oftentimes you don't get any education about money you get yeah. education on how to make money right but but when you think about you know what do you do with it once you got it that's the key and and that's where oftentimes people go astray as far as their finances are concerned they get something and they don't really know exactly what to do with it obviously you can spend it but that's really not going to do anything but clutter up your garage uh, but it, you know you've got to be able to think about okay how do I balance my financial life how do I save some for the future How do I save some for the inevitable emergency that's going to go on? How do I be sure that all the bases are covered on the things that I need to do to have a sound financial plan?
3: So let's jump in on these 10 financial commandments and let's start with number one, which is thou shalt pay thyself first. Scott, I like the King James version of that. Yeah, well, it's how it's written on the page here, so let's go with that. (laughs) All right. Scott, what do we we mean by that? Yeah, so
1: I think about, well, let me back up when you think about the Ten Commandments and the play on, uh, obviously, the Old Testament, right, from biblical times. When the Ten Commandments were brought down from the mountain, the Israelites were wandering in the desert, right? Right? Very aimless with no uh, purpose, and I think that really is a great, Analogy here to what we're talking about. So many people, as John's already mentioned, you don't get taught in school, you don't get taught many times in your household the financial rules you need to live by. So we've got 10 for you today. And the first one that Troy mentions, thou shalt pay thyself first. That means get the money back into savings before everything else happens. And I think there's two angles we can take on this. On a month to month basis, when you're working out of your budget, make sure there's margin. Uh, In the amount of income you have versus the amount of expenses that are going back uh, going out rather from your bank account and set an amount that goes out first to pay yourself when we say pay yourself that means save it whether it's for something you're going to buy in the near future in a cash savings account or whether it's for retirement in an investment account, get some money on a regular basis going in. And I think automatic pilot is the best way to do this, right? Having it in today's electronic world, Troy, you can get it going out automatically.
3: Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. And I think a lot of people do this in kind of reverse order. You know, they they pay all their bills, they buy the stuff they want to buy. And then if there's anything left over, then they save that amount. But really, we need to be doing that the other way. We need to save first and then spend what we have left over after our savings, John. Scott, you uh,
2: mentioned the word margin. I love that that analogy. It is very much like if you were uh, in grade school when they were teaching you to write, you know, they had the red line on this side of the paper and you didn't write past that red line because you had to have some margin out here because it looks ugly if you write to the very end. It's hard to read. Well, let's use a different analogy when it comes to, uh, to finances. If you're a parent and you have a small child and you're maybe be doing a hike or something in the mountains. The one thing you don't ever want to do is to let that kid walk near the edge of that cliff. You want to have them well away from the side because you know they'll wander around and fall off or whatever the case may be. There would be no way as a responsible parent you would allow that to happen. But we do that basically with our money. We spend everything that we make and then we borrow some and then we wonder why we have financial problems. Well, you don't have any margin. You haven't created that distance from the edge that you need to create with your money and your finances. It's just that simple, but it's a very hard concept for some people to get a hold of because, again, Scott, there's no education about that. And back to your point, that's why we had the Get Ready for
1: the Future show, and we created it, and it was good. And I think about the pandemic that we have just been going through and all of the stimulus checks that have been hitting people's bank accounts, too. You know, if they if they. Are certainly if they experienced job loss, they may have needed that to pay bills. But if they didn't, because a lot of people didn't, a lot of people still had income coming in, and this became extra money. Or maybe at the end of the year, if you have a sales job and you get a bonus, an extra commission check, or think about tax refunds as uh, as as they as those tax returns get filed in the early part of 2022. When you get extra money coming in, Troy, that you've got to at least, maybe not all of it, I mean, maybe you do get to treat yourself a little bit with something, but it really goes to the mindset when you say pay yourself first, make sure that's the first thought that enters your mind.
3: Yeah. So if you get a bonus, then maybe the first thing you do is add that to 401k or some type of savings plan. Or if you're still building your emergency fund, you add that there. But like you just mentioned, Scott, it's okay to take some of that money too and do something that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, go to a concert, go do something with your family. We're fine with that. But but pay your pay yourself first is what we're trying to communicate here. And you think about getting
2: chunk yardage, sort of like a, a football team would try to get a big, you know, a big hit on a play right. or something of that nature. When you get a big bonus or you get some stimulus money or whatever, a windfall of any kind, think about what kind of margin that gives you as far as your retirement is concerned, because that's where you actually have time for that money to compound and use compound interest to to your benefit. And and certainly you can find ways to get that into your four oh one K, your IRA or whatever the case may be. And and we're not saying to take all of it and put it there, but but use that opportunity to get some yardage and, and get some margin as far as your retirement is concerned.
1: I love the football analogy there because you the, the new you know football lingo changes over time. It's kind of the same thing but they rephrase it right. right. The the real popular thing to say now is we're on schedule, right, with the drive, with the play yes. calling. When you get a chunk play you're ahead of schedule. That's right. You're ahead of schedule if you get a bonus, if you get some extra money. So think about it that way and pay yourself first. Yeah, I was watching the Razorbacks
2: and that was my big deal this past weekend. We never would get on schedule. We were always behind, behind. the sticks.
1: That's right. And, and
2: you know, we would either get a penalty or, or we'd get two yards on first down. And I'm like, no, we got to get six yards on first down, seven yards on first down. That way, you know, those second and third downs are easy. And so yep. when you run into adversity, if you've got a lot
1: of yardage or if you've got a lot of margin there, then it's not as hard. Great point for number one on our 10 commandments of sound financial advice on today's show. Up to number two, we'll go with thou shalt not have high interest credit card debt. Now, that certainly goes without saying. But my goodness, if you look at the math on this and this is in in client meeting rooms, when we're looking at trying to pay off debt, this is oftentimes what we're telling clients is you've got Money you may have money parked over in a cash savings account that's getting point something in interest, and you have even if it's a good interest rate, five or six percent that you're paying in interest. But when you talk about credit card debt, uh, you're talking about double digits. You're talking about maybe even north of twenty percent that you're paying to borrow. And if you've hit hard times, that's one thing, right? For a short time, let's say if you've hit hard times and you need it to go buy groceries, that may have happened in your life but you have to avoid it at all costs. I know people that have put vacations on credit cards.
2: Yeah, and Scott, you you got to think about the fact that that the credit card industry is incredibly creative at at what I call, you know, the bait and switch type thing or are getting you to look at at what's going on over here and don't pay attention to what's happening behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And that's in the form of a monthly payment you don't pay attention to what your balance is. Just look and make sure you can pay your monthly payment. That's where they want you to be is where you can pay that monthly payment because a lot of that monthly payment is interest. And a lot of that monthly payment reduces, a minor amount of that monthly payment, I should say, reduces your principal. And so you're really not getting anywhere. And then they've got you on on the hamster wheel.
3: Yeah, I was reading a statistic the other day and one of the major credit card companies, we won't use their name on the air here, but one of the major companies... They spend about $100 million per year targeting college students. To sure. sign up for credit cards. Mm. Well, if they're going to spend a hundred million dollars in a yeah. year, they're pretty sure they're going to get you know a multiple of that back in interest that those students are paying. Yeah,
2: probably ten times return on on whatever that investment is. Uh, you know, a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. But but credit card debts can send you into that tailspin, and that's where you are violating the margin rule. Right. Uh, when right. you think about you know you're creating margin for yourself by saving, you you're really stretching across, you know, riding on the desk, if you will, uh, to continue the analogy when you use credit cards, because you're really out of money and you're really
1: borrowing your future earnings when you do that. So let's extend that commandment just a little bit, because the next thing that pops into my head is, is do you go full on Dave Ramsey here and say you shouldn't even have a credit card? And I think for some people, that's probably true, right? If if you if you can't trust yourself, to not have credit card debt, it is the best and absolute rule to have to just don't have one. I think, I mean, I have one, but I know the the limit that I'm going to put on a monthly basis because I know what I can pay off on a monthly basis, right? right? So if you don't carry a balance, having a credit card is not necessarily a bad thing. But if you can't trust yourself to not carry a balance, absolutely don't have one.
2: Well, and they're they are incredible marketers, and they're really very good at strategy, and and they know. That there's going to come a time in most people's lives that they're going to violate that I'm going to pay it off at the end of every month rule. Yeah, and yeah. and then they've got you, you yeah. know. And, and Dave Ramsey's fond of saying, "Hey, look, I don't play with snakes; they'll kill you." You right. know, and and that's what he calls the credit card companies. I, I will say this: Look, if you are a responsible well-meaning adult and you need a credit card to do things like travel and, and, you know, make a reservation, make a reservation. Yeah. You know, I was, I rented a car the other day uh, because I was traveling. Uh, I, I, uh, my family had gone with me one place and I was going another place. So I rented a car and I had to have a credit card to make that uh, to pay the, the deposit, they would not take a debit card. So I have a credit card with a very low limit on it that I put down for that deposit. So it, it certainly is something that that there's a lot of and I'm not sure that there's not some collusion there between the car companies and, yeah. the, and the credit card companies because they they depend on each other. But uh, but in reality, I would not going to rent that car if I did not have a credit card.
1: Yeah, I would also point out, too, we're not going to have time to get to number three before we're up against our first break but it brings another thing to mind too you have to be careful if you are swiping that credit card the credit card company is being paid when that thing gets swiped and it's yes. either by you or it's by or it's incurred by the place you're swiping it right and i think more and more companies are starting to pass that along oh sure to yeah. to the consumer so you really have to know for sure Who is being charged that? I mean, there's certain things you don't want to use a credit card to pay off because you may get charged a 3% convenience fee uh, just for using it. So you have to pay attention. They are very uh, definitely things that you have to be very careful with. All right. So those are our first two of our 10 commandments of sound financial advice. We're back with number three right after this. The Ten Commandments of Sound Financial Advice. That is the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman along with Troy Johnson and, uh, and John Shrewsbury. As we got through just two in the first segment, thou shalt pay thyself first. I feel like I need like an echo or a thundering voice when I say these. Wow. Uh, thou, but I'm not going to. Thou shalt <laughs> not have high interest. Credit card debt was number two. We're up to number three, and it is thou shalt pay bills upon arrival. All right, so let's talk about what that means. Now, in today's world, we're not really probably putting stamps on envelopes nearly as often as we used to. A lot of people still do that, but I mean, most of mine are set up on automatic payment. But that is, if you're not doing that, I think that's the first step, right? Have it go out long before the due date because if you are having a hard time making ends meet, uh, it is real easy to want to push those bills to uh, as close to the deadline as you can.
3: Yeah, that's that's what I was going to touch on. Auto pay is is your friend. You yeah. know, get that where it's just coming out every month and you don't even have to think about it. But let's say you know you might be living in the stone age. You have some bill that doesn't have auto pay. Mm-hmm. When you get that bill in the mail, the best thing to do is just go ahead and and pay it. You're going to have to pay it anyway by the due date. You don't need to wait till the last day because odds are you're going to find other things to spend that money on. So go ahead and take care of it. That's the best thing to do.
2: I am the worst offender of this. I used to be anyway, because the last thing I wanted to do when I got home was look at paper. Because I deal with it all day, every day, and so you know the mail would stack up, and on Saturday I'd go over there and go, okay, let's see what we got here, and you know, lo and behold, there had been you know something in there that I'd missed or whatever, and now I'm like up against it or even behind on it, and and really you know, auto pay was a blessing for me, and and everything that we got almost is on auto pay. Yeah. I, I just I, I I'm too busy, and I think the whole world is too busy to to really open mail and you know put. Stamp on it and take it by the post office and all that type of thing. And and if you're still doing that, you're running a risk. And 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 realistically, it's going to end up costing you more money in late fees and things of that nature. Additional interest if you're try, if you're paying interest on something, right. it can be pretty onerous.
1: Well, on the other side of this too, people may be hearing that yeah, that's a great idea. But what's the real value or how do I get ahead financially? Because that's really what these Ten Commandments are about: is getting you ahead, creating some margin so that you can save more money and you can be better prepared for your financial future. And when you think about getting ahead and, and not trying to pay bills after the deadline and having some margin, making sure your budget uh, has some cushion in it, you could even explore options of prepaying things. Right. Because if you pay like I think about uh, uh, maybe it's property taxes or I think about like my lawn service, if I pay that a quarterly or even annually, if I pay up front it's going to provide a 10, 15% discount.
3: Yeah, I'll give you another example on that, like auto insurance. A lot of people have an uh, an option to pay that annually instead of monthly. And when we looked at that about a year ago, it was significant savings for us to pay that one time a year instead of paying it monthly. Yeah,
2: yeah, there's a a factor, a mode factor that the insurance companies use on that. And uh, you'll pay 10, 15, maybe even 20% more money over the course of 12 months in
1: monthly payments than you would sometimes in an annual payment. The Ten Commandments of Sound Financial Advice. That's the subject of uh, today's Get Ready for the Future show. A survey from Credit Karma found more than half of Americans feel that personal finance education belongs in schools and many feel their financial knowledge gaps could be holding them back from making progress so that's why we're here every week i should say but today spe- specifically for you to talk about these 10 commandments that can be rules for your life i said on the uh open of the show that you know sometimes we don't like rules we don't like even hearing that word rules but having some absolutes to live by can certainly help you reach your goals so we're up to number four And this one's not a pleasant one for a lot of people. Thou shalt discuss spending with thy spouse. Now, we do know statistically that money is the number one reason couples divorce. And I think when I put myself in the client meeting room here, Troy, because we do meet with a lot of couples. And I think I would put the odds at probably 9 out of 10 chance that when a a couple comes in, one spouse knows everything and handles all the finances and the other is clueless.
3: Yeah, we talk uh, well the not other clueless side of that I is shouldn't not, say but doesn't want to know. Right, Let's put it that right. way. Well, we talk about how in most couples there is the spender and there's yes. the saver. Right. Well, I'm I'm ashamed to say that that in my relationship with my wife, I might be the spender. So I'm going to I'm going to defer from this conversation. I'll let y'all handle this. <laughs> well, About okay. she's tapping out in yeah. on the middle of this. One. I hope Jordan's not listening to this uh, <laughs> yeah. this weekend. This could be
2: interesting. <laughs> yes. We may need counseling after this. But uh, uh, you're right, Scott. There are uh, there are very definitive roles that most couples take in a situation like this. And, you know, you've got to cut down on the arguing about where the money's going and that type of thing. You've got to find some equilibrium and there. Maybe but, that's
1: why it's there, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> so that, they can survive. That, that could yeah. be
2: it. But the other thing that I want to kind of go off on a tangent on this is that it is a real risk for uh, a, especially if a spouse dies and that spouse was the dominant person in the money issue, then you've got a another spouse that knows nothing about the finances they know nothing about where anything is or how to handle any of this they've had no experience with it because the other person just handled that and that's a real dangerous place to be i I don't uh, we we take uh, we take care of clients all day every day here at gen wealth but we take extra special care of widows and widowers who are in that situation because frankly they're very vulnerable They could fall for something that sounds good. We want to be sure that that they are taken care of and they don't make dumb moves with their money or, or let me just call it ignorant moves with their money yeah. uh, because they don't have the knowledge they don't know what they don't know and we go into education mode there again to try to help them understand as best they can what's going on with their
1: finances and I, I to be clear too I think it is perfectly okay and maybe even good that one of the spouses is the lead in this situation yeah, right? I, don't, they, I have
2: a problem with that yeah, if
1: they're if they're in charge of the bill paying and the budgeting and the spending and the and the education part of that is all the other spouse really needs. But there is some level of education that is beneficial because, as John said, if one spouse dies, they have to have some understanding of what to do next. And certainly working with a financial advisor can help that.
3: Yeah, you mentioned one one spouse being the lead. We want that second spouse, even if they're not as interested in family finances, we want them to have a comfortable you know, understanding of their plan, especially if you're in retirement, just being able to understand where's the money coming from, where's the next, you know, bucket that we're going to for income, those types of things just have a broad uh, understanding level yeah. of that. And I, I mentioned that a lot, One of the, oftentimes one of the spouses
1: doesn't want to know any of that. They they prefer to be in the dark, but it can be kind of scary and fearful uh, to to step into the world of financial planning. But we do have a great opportunity to kind of get you past that. We've got 10 ways to shift your perspective on financial planning. It is called What's the Plan? A manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. And you can download a copy for free by texting the word plan to five zero one three eight one five two two eight. Again, that number is five zero one three eight one five two two eight. Or you can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan to get that free copy of What's the Plan? A Manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. Ten Commandments of Sound Financial Advice. That's the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We're up to number five on our list. Thou shalt not shop till the drops i have to read these slow by the way because it is, they're definitely in the king james version of the 10 commandments right so we we look we live in a world of instant gratification we can i mean it is so easy to buy 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 now when you can pull it up on amazon and click a button they've stored your credit card information or your debit card information I mean, it is so I think about that oftentimes when I'm buying, like how easy this is and how scary it could be if you don't keep
2: control of it. And shopping has become uh, therapy for a lot of people. Sure. You know, they, they get stressed about something they go spend money. And and so and there's nothing wrong with spending money. Eighty percent of our economy runs on consumer spending. I get it. I understand. And, and I'm kind of a, a, a shopping therapy person, too. If I'm really stressed, I'll go buy some clothes or something. You know, that's just kind of the, the mode that I get get in but the key here again is not shopping until you drop uh and and overspending and going overboard and that's something i really have to watch when i'm especially when i'm buying clothes because yeah. i see things and i'm like oh i want that one and i'd probably need two other colors just like that or something like that and so it is uh, very alluring to be able to to go and spend money like that but it is something that can wreck your budget
1: I think too. You know, this does speak to budgeting, and that's important. Knowing how much margin you have, what you can spend money on to have fun and to entertain, or to buy clothes or things. But I think it goes past that too. I think you have to be. I mean, everybody, I would think, has been at the has been in a place where they went and bought some things that they thought they wanted at the time, and then when they got home, maybe even it's only a day later or hours later, they realized they really didn't want that. I think it. It's really Troy for me as I get older having the perspective of what what are my true priorities what do i really like in life and then being able to take the things i don't really care about and not spend any money on them anymore
3: i'll tell you the big one on that is cars yeah because you you start looking for a car you look at all the new features you think it's so different than what you're driving now Mm -hmm. so you decide okay i'm gonna go out i'm gonna i'm gonna take on that monthly payment and it is cool and it does feel good for, you know, the first couple of months. But then after that, it's just another vehicle that gets you to work every day. You yeah. know, it's, it winds up not being that big of a deal. So you got to, you got to think about what you're spending your money on, and maybe it's not as big of a deal to go and buy whatever it is you're looking at. Yeah,
1: and I'll tell you, John, this is where I am too when I think about uh, buying some things that have all the bells and whistles and the features. It also is just that much stuff that's going to break.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, more money, more problems is what <laughs> yeah. I say. I, it, and and I'm fond of, of saying, you know, I don't need another house, I don't need another car, I don't need you know a lot of stuff. And and as the older I get, the more minimalistic I get. It's like let's just have the the stuff. Stuff and and you know not worry about all this other stuff and and I think that's kind of a good mode of operation for people. Uh, don't live your life by what you are comparing yourself to. Maybe yeah. your neighbor has this or whatever. Uh, and and I'm look I I am one to to go look up the latest car and drool over it a little bit. But uh, last car I bought was a used car and I still got it. You know three years later and I'll I'll keep driving it for a while. And and I, I like to look but uh, I, I really try to discipline myself
1: on the spending. Well, and if you think about it, a lot of this goes back to the impulse side of this. Just yes. think about it. Maybe you do ultimately make that purchase, but if you think about it, you can feel better about the fact that you really did need it or you really wanted it. Even yeah. you know, but if you just go out and spend them on the spur of the moment, the impulse part of that uh, can certainly get you into trouble. If at any point in time you hear something you'd like to learn more about. In the, on the Get Ready for the Future show, just know that a Gen Wealth advisor is always just a phone call away or an email away. Two ways to reach out to us to set up a free first appointment with an advisor 501 653 7355 or 866 653 PLAN. That's 866 653 7526. Or you can email us info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Back in a moment. With offices all over, Central and Southern Arkansas, we are now in Conway, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, uh, El Dorado. We are also in Northwest Louisiana and Central Tennessee. There is a Gen Wealth advisor near you, and all it takes is a toll-free call to set up an appointment. 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Troy Johnson here with you today on the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about the Ten Commandments we have created of sound financial advice. Number six, we're halfway through the show, we're halfway through our list. Number six is thou shalt not believe everything thee hears. And this really speaks to the noise that we talk about, cutting through the confusion of the noise. And when you think about the financial media, it's really no different than the regular media. They have to get your attention. You see things on Facebook now. It's called clickbait, right? I mean, they put a headline out there that really may not be the right perspective of what the story is actually about once you click on it, but they get you to click. And I even think about to some degree on the pandemic here, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm not making light of the... Uh, serious nature of COVID nineteen at all, but think about: did it really? Does it really value? Is it really a value to us? Does it benefit us to know the case count every day? You know, you think about that. I mean, I, I think it's important that they put it out there and it's available. But when you think about the impact it has on me, if I look at that case count every day, then it's going to be something I think about every day. And certainly, we needed to take precautions when we went out and about and, and interacted in society. Still do uh, with COVID nineteen. But when you think about the the psychological impact that it has when you talk every day and think every day about something when you're really not doing anything different, like I'm I'm going to go out I'm gonna, you know, when we were wearing masks, yep. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do the things I'm going to do. It doesn't really make a difference to me um, on the case count. So the same thing is true with looking at the markets, right? When you think about when does it make headlines, it doesn't really make headlines when it's set in all time highs, which it has done dozens of times this year, which on average it does dozens of times most years, but it always makes headlines when it's down. You know, it, it is always about the worst times and what's bad about to happen.
3: Yeah. Not, I think 90% of the news stories are, have some kind of negative spin to them. That's from a study by Quora, I believe is how you pronounce that, but mm. it's all about putting it in perspective too, um, drawing this back into the market and kind of what we deal with here at Wealth. But, you know, you'll see a headline where it'll say the Dow has dropped X number of points. Right, per, you know, in a day, in a day. But then you look at that, you can pull it up on your phone, and you see that that's maybe like you know 0.15 percent, you right. know. But the the points or the number that it dropped looks like this astronomical amount, and it gets everybody stirred up. But it's really it's
2: just another day. And, and the adjective they use it plunged, you know, and, right, and right. you know uh, that that's plunged is is one of the key words that you hear. You know, the financial pornography channel that I won't uh, mention uh, talks about all the time if the bowed goes down if there is a downward movement in the market it plunged well it really didn't plunge because if it something plunges it plunges to earth and crashes you know and that's that's really not happening every day uh and so i think that uh, for a great perspective guys all you have to do is to look up the lyrics of a kenny Chesney song called noise Mm -hmm. uh he wrote this song back in the midst of a political uh, season and you know everything was flying around on facebook and every And it it was a number of years ago, but it's 10 times worse today. And and you have to to think about the, as you said, Scott, the psychological impact of being assaulted by that stuff all day, every day. I can tell you from my perspective, I stopped watching any news in the morning uh, at my house. TV doesn't even come on anymore. I just don't do it because I would be in a bad mood before I ever got out of the house. And yeah. and it really wasn't because I was listening to, you know, somebody that had an opposite thought of mine. I was just agitated about what they were telling me. Right. And I don't necessarily need to know that because it really doesn't affect
1: me. Yeah. And I think it goes back to those are the headlines. Those are maybe even the specifics, what you're seeing on television. But none of that really necessarily uh, speaks to how you should apply it to your, as John's fond of saying, personal economy. And that really goes back to the the real perspective is found when you work one-on-one with the financial advisor because they know your goals and your dreams and your purposes and everything about you so they can disseminate everything that's being said in that noise realm and apply how you should respond to it. You know, I, I think when I think of the term, you know, because the other the other way is true too. You can get euphoric when we've been going up and up and up in the market. We call it recency bias. That's yeah. kind of the term for it. When you see the market going one way, you you can determine that you expect to go at that direct that direction all the time i actually told a client uh we were talking about razorback football yesterday as they were on their way out and i think razorback fans are suffering from a little recency bias yeah. if you'd have told us before the season began we'd be four and three right now that would have been pretty good yeah but yeah. because we were four and zero, we expected to
2: be 12 and oh yeah the, the band started playing happy days are here again and, right. and, and right. all of that and, yes. and everybody got oh we're going to be national champions or whatever and said, okay just calm down <laughs> uh, it goes back to my rule it's Never as good or as bad as you think it is. Uh, That's just all there is to it. And and here's the key. Education is the antidote to fear. You've got to be educated if you're going to overcome any fear that, that social media or the real media or whatever is going to feed to you. Fear is really the catalyst of a lot of what goes on on any type of media. And fear and and that type of information is not education. Education is fact-based. Education is here is how this is likely to affect you and play out in your economy. It really is the outcome that, that you're going to experience. Uh, and that's what you got to look at. And so fear is something that you've got to avoid. And fear can make you
1: do stupid things with your money. I do have a little bit of fear that we're going to run out of time before I get through all Ten Commandments. Okay. So we better hustle, right? All right, go ahead. Troy, you're supposed to be keeping me on time. Yep. Number seven, thou shalt not forsake thy emergency fund. Now, this is one we talk about a lot, Troy. The emergency fund is there for emergencies, not for uh, things we want, not to invest, but things that we are not expecting.
3: Yeah, this one is so simple, but it's not so simple. Yeah. It's, it's, you leave that money alone until it is a true emergency. And everyone knows what a true emergency is, but we get caught up you know, we decide that new vehicle I need, that is an emergency. I've got to have that. So this one, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Just leave that money alone until a real emergency comes up. And the question is how much is enough?
2: And yep. and what we would prescribe is somewhere in the neighborhood of three to six months of your living expenses. That can get you through, uh, you know, some tough times. Three to six months of your living expenses uh, need to be set aside in an account, maybe in a bank or in money market account or whatever the case may be. We don't really care where you put it because it's not something that that you're going to look to earn a lot of interest on don't feel like that you're wasting money parking it over here in this very very low or no yielding account it is not an investment it is insurance against bad times and you're self-insuring it where you're not having to spend money on insurance a lot of people use a credit card for their emergency fund Hmm. a credit card is not an emergency fund and if you use a credit card for an emergency fund, you are not financially independent. You've got to be able to take care of it yourself. That's actually what independence means. It's kind of like my kids used to say, I do it myself, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that that was their desire to be independent. You need to do it
1: yourself and take care of your emergencies from your emergency fund. Occasionally, we will have someone that says they have their emergency fund in a stock account, in an investment account. Yeah. Right? So why we want it in cash is because investing is all about time. Time horizon. When yep. are you going to need to sell what you have? Well, if it's an emergency, you can't answer that question. You don't know when. Let's talk
2: about how that might play out in a in a very recent time when we had the COVID downturn. What if you had had you know a, a job loss and the money that you had in stocks went down because of COVID, and you needed to liquidate it almost at let's say at the end of March. If you were needing to liquidate it at the end of March twenty twenty then you were liquidating more shares than you would have had to have liquidated at any other time because the, the value of those shares was down. Stocks are not the place for your emergency fund. It is literally in a bank account or a money market account where it's safe, where you can get
1: to it in the event of an emergency. And real quick, we'll circle back to pay thyself first, right? That's where that needs to go first. Before yes. you invest, before you even really think too much about retirement, you need to get that emergency fund adequately funded Uh, so that you don't have to go into debt if you uh, have an emergency in your life. Number eight on our list: Thou shalt not neglect to review thy credit card statements. Now, why would you want to do that, right? So we've we've talked about avoiding credit card debt, but if you do have a credit card and you're paying that off monthly, there is value, Troy, in looking at what exactly am I spending money on.
3: Yeah, you want to know exactly what is the interest that I'm paying. But let's go a little step further than that. I think a lot of uh, one of the ways people get sucked into credit card debt is the initial offer that they give you. The 12-month 0% interest. But let's play that out a little bit. Let's say I go out and I buy an iPad for 12-month 0% interest. I have exactly 12 months to pay that off Scott, do you know what happens if I go into the 13th month and I don't have that all the way paid off yet? Yeah, all the interest is
1: going to accrue right then and there.
2: Right? Charged
3: back all the way from the beginning. Yep. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: So can I can I tell a personal story? And, and I don't mind calling out the company on this because I'm still a little bit peeved about the, the situation. I bought a computer over the phone from Dell one time and the guy just insisted that that I do a credit card account and put it on there and and da I said, OK, that's that's fine. And so when I got my statement in, I called Dell and I did a check over the phone to pay off the, the computer. Well, I didn't bother to look at the statement after I paid it off. They charged me $10 for the check over the phone and put it on my statement and didn't include it in my payoff. And so later I get a call from Bob. Well, it was not Bob. He was in India. But I get a call from Bob from Dell that is talking to me about my past due notice, uh, my past due amount on my credit card, which was $10. And we went round and round and and I'll save the listeners the the agony (laughs) of all of the heat that I gave Bob from Dell and the words you may have used, the words I may have used to to go through that. But it was one of those things. And and then he wanted me to do a check over the phone to pay the ten dollar fee. Oh my goodness. And I was like, no, yeah. no, that's, that's perpetual. Not, that's not how this works. We're not doing that. Yeah. And, but those are the games that these people play sometimes. And, and you think about, you hear these little, uh, you know, stories and these little, uh, ideas that, that people are, are, these, these instances that people have, uh, where they encounter things. And you think, well, that's just a one-off deal. That's kind of a, an oddball deal. It happens all the time. Yeah. And this is how you get into, you know, messing up your credit report and and getting into financial problems by not paying attention to what that statement says to you. And especially if you have a situation where maybe someone has uh, stolen your credit card number, you don't know what might be being billed to your credit card. And if you just pay what it or if it's on auto pay or
1: something like that, you've got to pay attention to what it is you're paying for. The Ten Commandments of Sound Financial Advice. We've gone through eight, two more on the other side of the break. It's been the purpose And the drive of the Get Ready for the Future show since it was started by John and Janet 15 years ago, financial education. And that's what we're talking about today with 10 commandments of sound financial advice. Just some great practical rules to live by as you go through your financial lives and create, if you follow them, a better financial future. And all this is going to come back down to planning, as it always does for us. That's what we are here uh, at Genwell Financial Advisors. We are planners first. And we have 10 ways to shift your perspective on financial planning. If you've never thought about doing it, if you've avoided it like the plague, if you're scared of it, it's called What's the Plan? A Manifesto for Your Life, Your Worth, and What Happens Next. And you can download a copy of it for free by texting the word PLAN to 501-381-5228 or visiting... Our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com, all together, no hyphens, no uh, periods or apostrophes. It's GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan. So two more of our commandments before we wrap things up on the show today. Number nine is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's stuff. Now, this one I think people would get behind in theory, but are we really applying that to our lives? John made reference to it earlier when, it, when we were talking about impulse buying and spending. Oftentimes,
3: we don't even know we think we want something until somebody else gets it. I think this is the toughest one. I mean, if we're all honest with ourselves, we've all had a little bit of envy about something else that someone else sure. had, right? And, and now we live in the day of social media, too, mm-hmm. to just compound that. I mean, we've looked at a study that says that almost 50% of millennials have spent money on something because they were influenced by what they've seen on social media. I mean, that's a, that's a large number of, of money that has been spent that – wouldn't have been spent otherwise other than what people have seen on social media
2: I'll uh, cover up the name on this to uh, protect the innocent here but uh, this is an influencer this is someone who I, I by extension kind of know and and she is you know very much an influencer in things and now on on Instagram uh, I don't know if you can see this or not but uh, maybe if uh, Garrett can zoom in a little bit there she's showing off her nice little handbag there uh-huh. now she's got I don't know how many hundreds hundreds of thousands of followers and how many of those people are going to go out and buy that handbag mm. because she had her picture made on it. Well, what most people don't understand is that a lot of times, I'm not sure in this case, but a lot of times influencers get paid to do that. Yeah. It's like paid advertising. It's not that, oh, they're so cool that they come up with, you know, somebody sent them the bag and said, hey, would you take a picture and put this on social media? And if you do, there's a check behind it. Yeah. So, you know, those are the things that go on that you don't really realize that you're being influenced by, uh, but you really are. You just think, oh, that's a cool person. I'd like to, to be like them. And I guess I probably know, need to go get one of those bags or something like that. that yeah. It's just amazing how uh, in your head these media companies, these advertising companies can get.
1: Yeah, I will say you know, the social media thing, you know, where I'm really susceptible is uh, vacationing and trips and travel because that's my thing. I love that. And and I, I, I swear sometimes I see my friends on Facebook. I'm like, they just went on vacation. Like a week ago. Yeah. And here they are posting pictures again. <laughs> but if, but then I'll go back and I'll look, and it's been several months, right? You know, it's, yeah. because if you have enough friends and you're always looking at your feed, somebody's always on vacation. Sure, But I think it's always important to remember on social media, they're showing you what they want you to see about their lives, right? It's not the whole story. No. Back to perspective. Absolutely. All right, our final one, our final commandment, number 10. Thou shalt not neglect retirement planning. And that's really where all of this is steering. As I mentioned when we started this segment These are all rules to live by that if you apply them to your life can guide your finances in the current, but the end goal here is what we do, and that comes in your financial future. And ultimately, that's why we're trying to put this money back. That's why we're trying to invest it and get it to grow, because someday – you're going to want and need to live without a paycheck.
2: Yeah, you you really are, and and unless you have you know something that just produces a perpetual income to you, like from a business that you continue to own or something like that, you're probably going to need uh, expert retirement help, expert retirement planning. A lot of people, you know, put money very diligently away in their 401k plans. And then when they get close to retirement, they go, oh, I'll, I'll just figure this out on my own. I'll just try to, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have some money set aside over here for my, my basic needs. And then I'll just spend whatever it is. And that is a terrible plan. I, it really is. It is come what may being blown by the wind, you really need more structure to it than that. And that's where the ready to retire process comes in here at Gen Wealth. Uh, not only do we, create a, a investment strategy and a, a retirement income strategy for you we uh, be sure that we account for your basic financial needs that you're going to need from the time you retire until the time you you uh, pass away and your spouse passes away how much income are you going to need we try to lock that down for you in terms of regular predictable dependable income uh, from things like Social Security pensions and then guaranteed income from investment products that that we have access to. And so once we do that, then we're looking at a bucketing strategy to provide you that additional income that you may want to have that is, Troy, uh, I would call it discretionary income that people may just want to spend to make sure their lifestyle isn't just, you know, taking care of the basics. Yeah, it's,
3: it's the fun money. It's what you want to actually do in retirement with your time. I think that the main thing is that most people, when they think about retirement, they are so focused on the big number. And and we get a lot of questions on that. How much do I need to retire? What are my assets? You know, What value does that need to be? I think the coolest thing about what we do is we put together a plan that actually shows you what your monthly income will be. That's right. what you're going to actually use every single month. So uh, it's not so much about how many assets do I have? It's more about what kind of income does that produce for me? Yeah. And the investment strategy really needs some
1: caretaking as you move from accumulation into distribution in retirement for that retirement income. Uh, just did a fastest four just before we went on the air today. In fact, for this week, the fastest four minutes in finance on is the 60-40 portfolio dead. You know, we, we referenced that last week on right. the show that some bank analysts are warning now, that because of the economic environment we we are in, can you really enter retirement with a sixty forty? asset allocation portfolio, 60% to equities or stock instruments and 40% to fixed income in the form of bonds. And the and the overwhelming answer is it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard to do that. So the investment planning that we do here, the strategy we lay out with the bucketing that you referenced there, John, is really vital to creating that retirement income.
2: It really is, Scott. And, and I mentioned this on a, a show a couple of weeks ago that, you know, if you take a look at most financial advisors, they are managing to a benchmark. We are managing to an outcome, and that outcome is is equivalent to the income that you want and need to have in retirement. I can't remember how many we're up to right now, but we have probably in the neighborhood of six uh, retirement income certified professionals on our team here at GenWealth. Well, those are folks that have been schooled in the art and the science of retirement income planning. I don't know that you will find that many RICP uh, advisors in any one firm anywhere in the state of Arkansas. Now, I don't know that 100% to be true, but that's that's at least my feeling that we've got a lot of them here at GenWealth because retirement planning is what we do. It is our specialty. It is our expertise. And so you can run at this and and come what may and and just hope it all works out. Or you could have a well-reasoned, well-thought-out financial plan on paper, on purpose, guided with you and a retirement income certified professional, one of our advisors at Gen Wealth, uh, our team of advisors here at Gen Wealth, all work together to help you to navigate that journey in retirement. And all you got to do is give us a call and set up your visit with that Gen
1: Wealth team member as soon as possible. Yeah, that number eight six 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 five three plan. That's 866-653-7526. We'll get you in touch with an advisor. You can also send us an email at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And before we run out of time, I do want to mention, too, we referenced all of the investment strategy and the retirement income planning as part of our Ready to Retire process. And that is the service offered for people who are closing in on actually retiring. But we have a service, John, for anybody wherever they are in
2: life. Yeah, midlife. If you're trying to figure out life and money, our money guide process is there for you. If you're just trying to get started and you're trying to figure out, uh, just get your foundation built, then money works could be for you. Anna Olive, our new client introduction, introduction specialist, can help you to figure out where you fall into those three programs that I've mentioned, ready to retire or Maybe as, as as simple as money works. A, give us a call. We will help to be sure that you get
1: where you need to go. Is it, is it just me or did this show fly by faster than just about any of them? Seems it's like quick. it. It must have been because Troy was on the show. I think he's been in that middle seat and guiding everything. You know, I would me? have to agree with that. Oh. Oh, well, then You're welcome to <laughs> yeah. come back next yeah. week. Yes, we'll put you in the middle seat again. Time for our final thoughts. Troy will go with you first.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I feel like we've thrown a lot of information out there today. I think um, we've given some good advice, but if you really want to know how this fixes fits into your overall financial picture, then give us a call. Let's just sit down. Those initial appointments, we don't charge anything for those. So uh, let's just have a conversation and see if we can be of value to you.
2: Scott, you know, so many people are are so focused on rate of return and what investment do I need to to deal with. These 10 commandments that we've pointed out today, frankly, are all mindset. Mm. They are all driven by how you think about money. And how you think about money is really going to to determine your destiny from a financial standpoint, more so than picking the right investment or getting the best rate of return or whatever the case may be. Get your mind right and you'll get your money right. I loved
1: the football references today, by the way, the chunk yardage, staying ahead of the sticks, recency bias and all that. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and my final thought is to remind you about the 10 ways to shift your perspective on financial planning it's a free offering. we call it what's the plan a manifesto for your life, your worth and what happens next and you can download that copy for free by texting the word plan to 5013815228 the number one more time 5013815228 or you can if you'd rather not send the text you can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan to get that free copy of what's the plan a manifesto for your life your worth and what happens next well that's going to do it for this week's get ready for the future show join us again live streaming at 11 30 every wednesday morning so long
0: thank you for listening to the get ready for the future show if you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.